Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I feel like I'm constantly reminding myself that we are all carrying around different stressors, big and small. But when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And naturally, that can start to affect everything else around us, too. Therapy can be a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I know that therapy isn't for everyone, but it definitely has benefited me in the past with learning how to sit with my feelings, set boundaries with people, and I don't know, learn how to function with a little less shame. But if you are thinking of starting therapy and access has been hard for you, maybe better help is the right fit. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. You can get it off your chest with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash make your bed today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash make your bed. Good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. The last few days, we've been talking about James Baldwin's work, specifically through a debate he had with William F. Buckley, but I truly haven't scratched the surface of James Baldwin or his work. One of his most famous essays, Down at the Cross, Letter from a Region in My Mind, which I will be linking in the show notes, was originally published in the 1962 New Yorker, and later was republished in one of his most famous books, The Fire Next Time. And in this essay in particular, I was a little troubled by how much of it felt still so relevant, but he's basically describing his desperation that he felt when he was leaving his Harlem neighborhood where he grew up and the feeling that there were really only two ways out. And at the time, that seemed like it was crime or religion. And as we know, he chose religion, but after the publication of The Fire Next Time, James Baldwin was launched on a speaking tour for the College of Racial Equity. And he was an odd figure during this time because he wasn't really talking on the streets in the way that a lot of other famous black activists of the time were doing. He had a different kind of platform. He was a TV guy. He did lectures at universities. He was loved and hated by white and black Americans alike. Many of his fellow activists at the time saw him really catering too much to white America, saying things like, the reason people think it's important to be white is that they think it's important not to be black. In the same essay, he assures us repeatedly that he doesn't hate white folks, but he made the topic of prejudice palatable for white Americans while not shying away from his own truth. And honestly, I think the discourse on this is so important, but I think there's room for every type of activism. And though we should never expect the oppressed to cater to the oppressors, the oppressors are often the only people who can do anything about the oppression, 
Otherwise, that oppression wouldn't be happening in the first place. So you kind of do need to have someone there to bridge the gap and make it more approachable so that those who relate to the oppressor side in any way can take advantage of those privileges and that advantage. But that specifically nuanced discourse is not actually why I'm here today. The fact of the matter is there is a lot of James Baldwin content out there and a lot of it's really powerful and important. And depending on your own personal journey, I'm sure there are different recommendations that would be better for different people. So instead, in the show notes, I will be including a book riot list of James Baldwin's work with short descriptions of them, along with a couple links to my favorite YouTube videos and interviews, in addition to the article that I will be reading from today. And the reason I chose this particular selection is because nothing will make me clutch my pearls quite so much as when I read something that is not current, but it feels so relevant. And holy shit, not only was the letter from a region in my mind essay so powerful down to every last word, there were some paragraphs that could have been written literally today and have just as powerful of an impact. And I guess that's why I think writing and reading is so important in general. But here we are. Again, this is just a snippet from the entire essay. I highly suggest you read the whole thing. But for now, I feel like this can give you a little taste. When talking about the American dream, he said, This has everything to do, of course, with the nature of that dream, and with the fact that we Americans, of whatever color, do not dare examine it, and are far from having it made a reality. There are too many things we do not wish to know about ourselves. People are not, for example, terribly anxious to be equal. Equal, after all, to what and to whom? But they love the idea of being superior. And this human truth has an especially grinding force here, where identity is almost impossible to achieve. And people are perpetually attempting to find their feet on the shifting sands of status. Skipping ahead a bit, he says, Freedom is hard to bear. It can be objected that I am speaking of political freedom in spiritual terms, but the political institutions of any nation are always menaced and are always ultimately controlled by the spiritual state of that nation. We are controlled here by our confusion, far more than we know, and the American dream has therefore become something much more closely resembling a nightmare on the private, domestic, and international levels. Privately, we cannot stand our lives and dare not examine them. Domestically, we take no responsibility for, and no pride in, what goes on in our country. And internationally, for millions of people, we are an unmitigated disaster. And please let me remind you that this was not written yesterday, but it all still stands. Skipping ahead here again, he says, I know that people can be better than they are. We are capable of bearing a great burden once we discover that the burden is reality and arrive where reality is. Anyway, the point here is that we are living in an age of revolution, whether we will or no, and that America is the only Western nation with both the power and, as I hope to suggest, the experience that may help to make these revolutions real and minimize the human damage. Any attempt we make to oppose those outbursts of energy is tantamount to signing our death warrant. And here we are, at the center of the ark, trapped in the gaudiest, 
most valuable and most improbable water wheel the world has ever seen. Everything now, we must assume, is in our hands. We have no right to assume otherwise. If we, and now, I mean the relatively conscious whites and the relatively conscious blacks, who must, like lovers, insist on or create the consciousness of the others, do not falter in the duty now. We may be able, handful that we are, to end the racial nightmare and achieve our country and change the history of the world. And again, I'll have access to that essay linked in the show notes. But I'll leave you with my favorite quote and the reason I decided to start with James Baldwin for this series to begin with. He said in his 1955 essay, Notes of a Native Son, I love America more than any other country in the world. And exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually. And I love that quote so much because it reminds me that when I am being critical of America, it's because I want to invest in her. It is patriotic to rebel against the systems that hold Americans down. It is unpatriotic for them to convince you otherwise. Again, this is probably the last I'll talk about James Baldwin for this specific series. I'm sure he'll come up again in the future because I love the man. In the meantime, I hope you check out some of the links and resources that I've put in the show notes if this has interested you. And if you want specific suggestions for me more than the ones I've included in the show notes, feel free to reach out to me at mydbpodcast on Instagram, TikTok, or Gmail. In the meantime, I love you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bet. Bye, beautiful. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.